welcome to Run Like Hell Toward Happy, the podcast for overwhelmed creatives to stop hustling and make progress toward their deep down dream. I'm Caitlin Liz Fisher, coach to creatives, and I'm here to fuck up your New Year's resolution in this four-part series. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to my favorite topic, weight loss goals. And by favorite topic, I mean I'm going to absolutely destroy diet culture in this episode because it sucks and it's evil and it's killing people. So content warning for this. We're talking about weight loss. We're talking about fat phobia. We're talking about diet culture. We're talking about medical issues. And it could be potentially triggering, especially to those of us with eating disorders or who have dealt with medical fat phobia. But I am on your side and I'm going to angry rant about those things. So stick with me if you can. If this episode is too much, I love you. And I'll be back next week with a less triggering topic, I hope. So hey, top two New Year's resolutions for the history of New Year's resolutions are weight loss and exercise. And everyone thinks they're good resolutions, but actually has no idea why they are pursuing these goals because the actual reason is literally just diet culture told you to do it. So if you are choosing to pursue weight loss, uh, that's probably not actually your choice. You're probably following a societal script. And I am here to shake that up and unpack that And I'm going to be a little angry this episode because I am in recovery from an eating disorder and I have fallen prey to diet culture for most of my life. And it makes me really mad. So come along with me. We're going to have a freaking adventure today. So the actual reason why people want to lose weight is because diet culture has told you that you are not healthy unless you are thin. You are not beautiful unless you are thin. You are not the best you can be unless you are thin. Maybe even that you are not a good person unless you are thin. And that is all a hot, steamy pile of trash juice. Okay? No, all of that is fake. But that is what people believe deep, deep down. Even if on the surface you're like, I would never believe that I'm not a good person unless I'm thin. Like, something in there might be bouncing around because those are the messages that just get absolutely siphoned into our subconscious from the moment we can perceive communication. So I'm going to talk about weight loss and health for a minute. And then I'm going to tell you that weight loss actually has basically nothing to do with health. BMI, fake, fake news not actually a marker of health at all. Weight has no actual impact on health the way that we have been taught it does in the way that people just wholesale mainstream believe that fat people are unhealthy. It is literally not true. Just factually, scientifically, measurably not true. In fact, I will use the term obese just from a BMI chart standpoint. I hate the term obese. It's not good Uh, for reasons we don't need to get into, but I don't like using it because it's really medicalized and really like 
used to harm people medically. But for the purpose of this, I will say that they call it the obesity paradox. And that is that fat people are actually more medically resilient. Yes, we survive things that kill thinner people. And because this does not fit the paradigm of fat people are unhealthy, doctors and researchers will just call it the obesity paradox. So Google that if you want to get angry with me. I'm not going to super get into it. I'm just going to move along about the rest of my notes. Because <laughs> there's a lot I want to say. So we think that higher BMIs are linked to things like heart disease, stroke, uh, heart attack, etc. It is actually the underweight BMIs that are more at risk. Shocking, right? Nobody talks about it. So being severely underweight is more likely to impact your health than being overweight. Also, over what weight is a question that I have. One day in the, I want to say 90s, I want to say like 95, they just changed the markers. They just moved things around in the BMI chart so that it was easier to remember like the cutoffs. And they were just like, oh yeah, so people who were overweight the day before woke up and were obese, according to these labels, which are arbitrary bullshit labels that are not meant to indicate health at all. So BMI is bullshit. We have covered that, right? Okay, great. So back to this, being fat increases your risk of heart disease, diabetes, high cholesterol. Untrue. Do you know what does increase your risk of that? Yo-yo dieting. Do you know who has a long history of yo-yo dieting? Usually fat people. Because we've been trying our whole lives to be thin so that people will take us seriously and let us live our lives. So all that yo-yo dieting is actually what makes us unhealthy. Not the being fat in the first place, but trying so hard not to be fat. Yo-yo dieting or cyclic dieting is another way it's called, uh, increases your risk of heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and death. Like over like 100% increase in chances. So it basically doubles risks as opposed to a fat person who's just fat and stays that way. Shocking. I'm shocked. That dieting isn't good for us. It also doesn't work. Fun fact, we can get into that also. But another risk of negative health outcomes for fat people is anti-fat bias in the medical industry or medical fat phobia. So if you're fat, you already know. But if you're thin, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Fat people do not get the same care from doctors that thin people do. For instance, if a fat person comes in, complains of chronic pain or extreme menstrual pain, uh, anxiety, they are often told to lose weight before doctors will run any tests for them. This is deeply embarrassing, perpetuates a shame cycle around weight and weight stigma, and leads fat people to choose not to go to the doctor because they won't be helped. 
So in that sense, yes, fat people do tend to have worse health in some ways, not because they are inherently less healthy, but because the doctors do not take them seriously until things are really bad. There was a study done of autopsies. I think like they studied 300 autopsies and fat people were much more likely to have undiagnosed conditions found in autopsy, including cancer. So we are just left to be sick and die because doctors don't take us seriously or they tell us that we need to lose weight before they will run diagnostic tests. That sucks, right? Right? And that's that knowledge is why people want to lose weight. That knowledge is why people think they need to be thin so that they're actually taken care of and seen as people. And that's fucked up. It is just fucked up. So back to the idea that diets don't even work. They don't. Your body doesn't understand what's happening. Your body thinks you're starving. Your body thinks there's a famine. And what happens when there's a famine? Your body is designed to survive, right? So it's going to hold on to everything it's got because fat is energy. So by trying to lose weight and lose fat, you are actually holding on to your fat because your body is trying to live. There was a pretty rad. And by pretty rad, I mean awful. Study done. (sighs) Actually, hold on. Let me just go get my book. BRB. All right. I am consulting The Fuck It Diet by Caroline Dooner, which is my go-to book when it comes to diet culture. And I highly recommend it. I think that you should read it, but I really, really, really want... Yes, here we go. Okay, it's called the Minnesota Starvation Experiment. During World War II, there was a starvation study conducted by Ansel Keys at University of Minnesota. He wanted to learn how best to rehabilitate starving people after the war, so first he had to starve people. Over 400 conscientious objectors applied to participate in this study as an alternative to going to war, right? So a conscientious objector is somebody who uh, refuses the draft. So 36 men were chosen who were the most physically and mentally sound and who were the most willing and aligned with the goals of the experiment. So these men are preparing to be starved to study the effects of starvation. So for the first three months of the study, they ate normally while their health was closely monitored. They were fed around 3,200 calories a day, which was considered a normal amount. And they worked jobs on this compound where they were staying and walked around 22 miles a week. Then for six months, their calories were dramatically cut in half. So they had 1600 calories a day. That's the starvation level. Okay. 1600 calories. Most people on diets in America right now are eating less than that and don't understand that they are actually starving their bodies. On 1,600 calories, the participants' strength and energy immediately began to decline, and they said they were constantly tired. Then apathy set in. They didn't really care about the things they used to care about. Sex and romance lost their appeal. All of their thoughts became about food. They became completely fixated on thinking, talking, and reading about food. They had unlimited access to coffee, water, and chewing gum, and they became addicted some chewing 40 packs of gum in a day and having around 15 cups of coffee. 
The men who had been on average healthy and muscular to start became skeletal during those six months. Their heart rates slowed down and the men were cold all the time. Both symptoms of low metabolism and the body trying to conserve energy. Oh my God. Sorry. I just realized that I used to have like a really low resting heart rate. And I thought that meant that I was like so super healthy, but, uh, whew, nope. Dang. I was also freezing all the time. Their skin became coarse. They were dizzy, lacked coordination and experienced muscle soreness. Uh, next they started sneaking food from off site. <laughs> There's a note. Remember, these men had been chosen specifically because they were the most willing and likely to comply with the experiment, but they still started cheating with extra food off the compound. Wow. Three men completely pulled out of the experiment. These men were also profoundly psychologically changed by their restrictive diets. A few weeks into the experiment, one man started having disturbing dreams of cannibalism. Then he cheated on the experiment by going into town and devouring milkshakes and sundaes. When the head of the experiment confronted him, he broke down crying and threatened his life. He was discharged and sent to a psychiatric hospital where after a few weeks of being fed normally, his psychological health went completely back to normal. All this man needed to regain his sanity was more food. All of the men became anxious and depressed. Uh, let's see. Even though these men had become extremely emaciated, they did not perceive themselves as being excessively skinny. Instead, they thought other people were too fat. They were experiencing body dysmorphia. They were experiencing psychological body dysmorphia just from the physiological effects of starvation. It, it goes into the rehabilitation phase um, about how many extra calories that these people would need to recover from the starvation effects. There were no effects when increased by 400 and 800 calories. Upping their calories above what they ate before the experiment had an immediate positive effects. So some men are eating 5,000 calories a day and some as many as 11,500 calories a day. And that is the only thing that helped them recover was unrestricted eating. And that's in like chapter one of this book. Seriously, please read this book. It's called The Fuck It Diet. Subtitle Eating Should Be Easy by Caroline Dooner. She has a podcast as well and a blog. She, I just, God, just read it. It's incredible. It will change your life. <sighs> okay. So basically all that to say that dieting does not work and dieting puts your body into a starvation mode. So they're designed to fail. They're designed to have you hit a moment where you can't do it anymore. And then the, as we just learned, the only way to fully recover from that is unrestricted eating. So you gain back the weight that you lost because that's the body's job. That's how your body works. And then you go back into another restrictive starvation mode. And this is what is weakening your body. Like that's what's increasing the risk of heart disease and stroke and diabetes. Like because you are absolutely ping-ponging your body from starvation mode to know it's safe. We can eat mode to starvation mode to know we're safe mode. Your body doesn't trust you. Diets are designed to fail. They are bad. Stop doing it. Please, please stop doing it. So all that said, right? We've, we just, we talked about the health stuff. We talked about the diets don't work, starvation stuff. Weight loss is not a health related resolution. You can say it up and down to your blue in the face that, oh, I'm just trying to lose weight for my health to be more healthy. It's not. 
it's not about your health. And you don't know it's not about your health because you don't know that all the things you know are not true. They're just not true. It's not true that fat people are unhealthy. It is true that people treat fat people like shit. That's why you want to be thin. We want to be thin to be pretty, to be admired, to be appreciated, to be seen as doing things right. Right? Like there's this, if you're a fat person and you're eating a salad, people are like, oh, good. You should eat a salad. If you're a fat person eating French fries next to a thin person eating French fries, you are a bad fat person. Where's your salad? Like, I don't like to eat piles of leaves. I don't like salad. Oh, bad, bad fat person. So just, I invite you to examine this. Really, really, really sit with it. Imagine the last time you put on your jeans and they were a little bit tight and you couldn't button them. Okay? Because that's happened to everybody. Okay? What did you think about yourself? What did you say to yourself? Why were you upset? Whose voice was in your mind telling you that you fucked up? Because I don't think it was yours. I think it was somebody else behind you. Because this message comes from everywhere, y'all. We see it in TV. We see, like, fat people as punchlines. We've got the funny fat friend. We've got fat jokes. We've got people in fat suits and they're funny. We've got Monica in a fat suit. Self-help and inspirational speakers also will compare, and I talked about this in a past episode, actually episode three. I hit this very early in the podcast. Self-help people will compare dieting to goals and success. And I have a big problem with that because when it's, it's just not the same. It's not the same. And when you're using weight loss as this like pinnacle of achievement, when in fact weight loss is an unattainable and honestly dangerous goal most of the time, you're fucking with people's minds and it's not good. So I'm going to bring back Rachel Hollis, my best friend, uh, and her book, Girl, Wash Your Face. And if you're new to the show, she's not my best friend and I hate her. I went more in depth in episode three, but right now I'm just gonna, just gonna just read this one excerpt where she compares dieting to trustworthiness. And she asks readers to imagine a friend named Pam who has gained back weight after several stints of dieting. Rachel Hollis asks, y'all, would you respect her? Would you count on Pam or the friend who keeps blowing you off for stupid reasons? Would you trust them when they committed to something? Would you believe them when they committed to you? No. Ma'am, if you think I am a less trustworthy person because I gained the weight back after dieting, I don't want to fuck with you anyway. So that's a leading influencer in self-help. Gross. And that happens all the time. This whole skinny people are more trustworthy, right? Because fat people obviously can't stick to their goals. And that's gross. And that is why I hate weight loss New Year's resolutions and why I will snooze you on Facebook if you talk about them. Weight loss, we, we treat it like a keystone, 
Like it is somehow like the goal to end all goals that if we can lose weight, we can achieve anything. But if we cannot lose weight, we obviously suck at everything. And I need us all to just sit with that and leave that in 2021 because I can't keep talking about this. I can. I can talk about it forever. But I don't want to because it sucks. Because diet culture and fat phobia and all of this just sucks. And I want us to hurry up and get to the point where we are not a giant culture of hating fat people. There is so much other shit out here to hate, like Mitch McConnell. Can we focus on that guy? For a minute, he's killing people. So the reason why I hate this comparison to weight loss as this moral standard of goal achievement is that like when you use an example of fat people or people with eating disorders as people who cannot or will not or choose not to work on their goals is super problematic. We are more than fat people. We have goals outside of our body shape. Okay? My goals for the second year in a row have nothing to do with my body shape. Actually, maybe the third year in a row. I don't think I had weight loss resolutions in 2020. No, because I started recovery in 2019. So this is now my third New Year's without a weight loss resolution. And it's better over here. It just is. So reminder that there are a bazillion reasons why people have fat bodies. Okay? Illness. Right? You can't, you lost a loss of mobility or an illness that like keeps you in bed. Like you're gonna, your body can change, right? You can lose muscle, which will dial your metabolism a little differently. You, if you can't move around as much, you can't exercise as much, you may gain weight as a result of that. Medication side effects. Actually, just saw a tweet from, I believe, the fat posy punk. She's also delightful. They? I'm not sure on pronouns. They're delightful. They had an experience where they went to the doctor or a psychiatrist or something, and they needed meds for depression or anxiety or something like that. And the doctor didn't want to put them on the meds because it can make them gain weight and like they were already fat. So they were being denied medication that would help them because of the potential for weight gain as a side effect and the doctor just deciding that like that wasn't worth it. Quit deciding things for fat people. Like, I gained weight on Lexapro. Lexapro absolutely saved my fucking life. I love my Lexapro butt. (laughs) Like, just fucking chill. Like, God, life-saving medications, medications that help you exist better and feel better and live your life better might make you a little fatter. Can you deal with that? Would you rather be miserable and thin or functional and fat? Ugh, we're so scared of it. You could have a fucked up metabolism from dieting your whole life. Raise your hand if you're me and that's your problem too. My mom had me on a diet at 12 that I remember, possibly earlier. 
So yeah, my metabolism does not trust me. And I've been in recovery for just about three years now. And I'm still not sure my body trusts me yet to feed it. And that's okay, because I'm going to get there. I'm getting there. It's a good body. So here are some body-related goals and resolutions that are not shitty diet culture resolutions. Okay? I have these for you because it's okay to want to exercise and move your body, right? That's fine. What I don't want you to do is to assign morality to a number on a scale or to think that you need to be thin in order to achieve anything else in your life. Because you don't. You don't have to do that. So focus on a strength or endurance related goal. Like you want to lift X amount of weight or you want to run a mile without taking a break or you want to, I don't know, increase your endurance or some measurable number at an exercise that you already do. Like I have a friend who does like power lifting. So that could be a great goal for her. Like I want to, I want to deadlift whatever some record breaking number of weight would be for her. And that's cool. And that's not about weight loss. That's about being fucking jacked in a cool, strong way. If that's important to you, you can have body feeling related goals. Like I want to be able to touch my own toes. I want to feel more flexible. I want to not be winded when I go up the stairs. These are things about how it feels to be in your body that you can work on that are not about cardio and weight loss and macros. You might have a pain reduction goal, such as like, I want to do yoga regularly because it helps my back pain. So yoga for me is not a weight loss plan. It is a flexibility and body wellness plan because it reduces my fibromyalgia pain. Like insert, have you tried yoga? Joke here. Like it's not curing it. It just helps my back feel better. If you have an exercise goal, that is okay. That is even good. Like I'm going to be adopting a dog soon. I want to be able to walk that dog. You know, that's an exercise related goal. I got to walk my dog. But as long as it is not a hustle driven yo-yo diet, weight loss goal that is going to really blow up in your thoughts and feelings about your self-worth, then I say, go for it. If you want to dance, oh, take dance classes. That'd be a good one. Like, I would love to learn salsa dancing. Technically an exercise goal that is movement related, but it's also fun. Find a way, find a way to move your body joyfully without assigning morality to your weight, without even putting weight anywhere near it. Because it's not about that. It's about living in your body and having a great time. Okay. Okay. That is Caitlin's weight loss resolution rant. Uh, if you want some more on diet culture, go check out episode three. Motivation is not like a muffin. It is one of the most popular episodes of the entire show, which has some, I don't know. I feel like that's saying something because we're in our, we're going into our fourth season here soon. One from season one is one of the most popular. Go motivation is not like a muffin. You're amazing. Okay. I love you. Drink water. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me today. 
I hope this episode helped you rethink your New Year's resolution to make a solid plan to move forward toward your vision that works for you. Come talk about it in the Run Like Hell Toward Happy community on Facebook.